Let's take a look back at the beauty community circa 2019. What's still around? What's changed since then? And what have we completely forgotten about? I'm Hanya Marie and welcome back to the Beauty Buzzin' Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Beauty Buzzin' Podcast. Happy New Year. I hope things are going well for you. I hope you're feeling invigorated for the new year, 2020. Today, we're going to take a look back at the beauty community from the month of January 2019. Now, my goal is to every month look back at the previous month so we can kind of see what happened in the beauty community for that month, a year before, you know, see what's changed, what's what we like, what we didn't like. It'll be really interesting. I'm going to do it all year. So let's get started with January 2019. Let's start with Morphe. They launched their very first foundation in January 2019. It was called the Fluidity Full Coverage Foundation. Now, if you remember, this foundation was hyped up well before its launch all over social media, all over YouTube. And when it launched, the biggest thing was that it was gonna have 60 shades. I didn't personally buy the foundation and the reason why I didn't is because I saw a lot of the swatches and the shades, even from Morphe themselves, their own marketing, the shades looked a little bit off to me. I could tell that I wouldn't have a foundation shade. Now I have deep um, skin, my undertone is more neutral with a little bit of you know golden a little bit of golden yellow undertone but mostly neutral most of the shades either looked orange or gray when it's as you got deeper into the shade range so i knew that there wasn't really going to be a good match for me plus i am not too much of a fan of a super heavy matte foundation um it the formula and consistency looked very loose from it looked pretty like liquidy from what i could tell but i just didn't the the shades weren't right and i didn't want a really matte full coverage foundation at the time so i passed but as soon as those reviews started coming out reviews online and then also reviews on youtube morphe kind of caught hell basically what happened or what seemed to have happened is that influencers who were associated with Morphe, so your big name influencers, top level YouTubers, they tried the foundation, put it on, and of course they made it look great. Uh, the coverage looked beautiful, it was full coverage, but I don't think they told the true story in terms of shade matching and um, how it felt on the skin. Now, influencers who were smaller creators on social media, on YouTube, and in print online, told a different story. The foundation was too heavy feeling, the undertones were not right for many influencers, and then overall influencers and consumers reported that the foundation was patchy and they didn't like how it worked, it uh, didn't blend well, things like that. I mean, even today, this foundation is still um, available on Morphe's website. Uh, still with the same shades, same formula. They haven't done any relaunching of this foundation, but for all intents and purposes, nobody talks about it. Even Morphe, I took a look at their um, social media just this morning, and they've already moved on to all of their eyeshadows, and it seems like for the rest of the year, and now they've been focusing more on collaborations and eyeshadow palettes. I haven't heard anyone else talk about the foundation. Um, I do watch a lot of YouTube. I do pay attention to what's happening um, in the 
influencer community, whether it's large influencers or smaller, smaller creators. And nobody's checking for this Morphe Foundation, honey. And Morphe themselves has not been, you know, pubbing up this foundation. I think they knew it was a misstep. Overall, uh, the foundation had mixed reviews, but most of the um, most of the feedback was that the foundation wasn't that great. Um, I took a look at some of the reviews on Morphe's website, and actually, I'm actually kind of impressed that Morphe kept some of their less than ideal or less than glowing reviews on their website. So out of about 200 reviews, um, the foundation has about 4.2 out of 5 stars. So a lot of the um, four-star reviews and some of the five-star reviews still report patchiness, uh, dry down time thing, you know, too quickly or the undertones not being so great, but overall it's okay. All their other reviews, let's say three stars, two star, one stars, are reporting the same thing over and over again, what I mentioned before. So even though it's good that Morphe kept those reviews and they aren't um, deleting reviews that are less than glowing, I think it's safe to say that Morphe's first foundation launch wasn't that great. And I think that they're trying to just move on from it. What I predict for this year is that they will follow suit with what has been trending for the last part of 2019 and into 2020 already, which is hydrating, luminous, dewy foundations. And I predict that they will essentially come out with a similar foundation, but with that sort of marketing and with a dewy sort of natural, your skin, but better type of coverage. And so we'll see if they come out with a better foundation. Looking back at January 2019, we also saw the passing of Brandon Truex, the founder of Dysum. Now, Dysum has a lot of other companies under its name, but one company in particular, The Ordinary, was one of the most popular brands under Dysum. Uh, the Ordinary is a skincare brand that's available at, at Sephora. Also, it's now available at Ulta Beauty. It has a lot of popularity online um, in social media as being one of the uh, bare bones sort of skincare lines where you can get targeted products like hyaluronic acid. You can get a very strong um, toner. Um, if you have acne, dark spots, wrinkles, there's primers, there's moisturizer, there are lots of different products for a very affordable price from The Ordinary. Um, although The Ordinary started the product line in 2016, um, over the last, last few years, it's really picked up and it's become one of the more cult following skincare lines that uh, beauty lovers are just always going back to. You will rarely find someone who hasn't heard of The Ordinary, hasn't purchased something from them because it's such an affordable skincare line and you get a lot of bang for your buck by just buying the um, ingredients with not a lot of like extra packaging and fanciness tied to them. So The Ordinary is a very loved brand um, and Brandon Truex was known for being um, really quoted as being a genius from a lot of uh, his employees and people who knew him. He was also considered very eccentric, passionate, and sometimes just downright crazy. I mean, I remember towards the um, end of the last half of probably 2018, Brandon would personally post on Instagram and 
um, these strange sort sort of rants that he would do and people started to pick up on it and he, the way he spoke on his Instagram, the way he replied to comments and it seemed like he was a little bit unhinged. Now, fast forward after that, seven months later in January, after he started doing all of these crazy sort of Instagram rants, he passed away. I don't know if what we saw at the end of 2018 led up to his passing in January 19. I don't know. I've read a little bit about it, but a lot of what I read was more of the financials of the company and how well they were doing, their revenue, um, and then also some of the former employees who spoke about him in both light and with a little bit of criticism that he was, again, passionate, smart, um, but then was also you know, could flip a switch and then sometimes be off um, on crazy tangents and would just kind of disappear, come back, that he would have um, times where he would be verbally abusive to staff, things like that. All of that together with the success of such a great brand and whatever personal struggles he was going through, um, it really told a picture that I think is important about important in the community of beauty which is mental health um, in general we don't talk enough about mental health and what um, what a lot of people suffer in this world and um, particularly in the beauty community it's something that's really not talked about and I think it's kind of interesting that it's not talked about so much in the beauty community not from a perspective of a founder or business owner but just in general I mean when you think about it the beauty industry is all about superficiality with that and especially in the time of you know social media we really need to examine how we in the community think about what we're putting out there and what we promote and what our standards are of beauty and expectations in these brands and how it relates to mental health. I don't personally know the story of, you know, what uh, the Dyson founder was going through, but I know when it happened, um, the rhetoric changed so quickly online to what people were saying about him before and then what people were saying about him after. So before his passing, there was always this sense of, yeah, yeah, the ordinary's great. You know, Dyson has great brands, yeah. But their founder is just, he's crazy. He's anti-Semitic. Um, he's verbally abusive. He doesn't respect his customers. And then after his passing in January, all that changed in a split second all of that changed and it was more about him being a visionary him being a genius him leading starting and leading these brands to such wonderful success and that he will be greatly missed anyone who um is of sound mind and body knows that the both of those things are true you can very much be a visionary and be a, a genius and do great things and then also be unhinged and, ha and and have personal demons we all know that's true but i think that it's interesting that you know we are so especially in the beauty industry we are so quick to just switch on and off as soon we we will stand somebody we will say they are the best there ever is yes queen do your thing get the bag but then as soon as something less than ideal happens, then they're canceled, they're hashtag justice for this person or that person, or, you know, I'm not going to support them. 
um, of throwing away all of their product. It's so, it's so like easy to throw away people and that that's tough. I mean, I haven't seen, okay, I'm on a tangent now, but just, just, just follow me. I'm just talking. I think at anytime I look at the beauty community, it's so hard. Like I see people get turned on so fast. You could be at the top of the world one day and the whole beauty community could hate you the next day and then love you again and then hate you and then love you again and then hate you. It's something that I haven't seen in other industries, especially when we're talking about like social media and influencer culture. You know, I don't see this type of change when it comes to, you know, food bloggers or fashion bloggers or, you know, mommy bloggers and things like that. There's seems to be more of a culture of, well, I'm a fan of this person. No matter what happens, I'm a fan of that person. You know, you know, if they do something less than ideal, something controversial, um, it seems to be over in a little bit of time and then you're back to loving that person. Now, the only, the only comparison I can make to how the beauty community is so flip floppy when it comes to people is more like the fitness industry the fitness industry is pretty tough on their influencers and though and they're more popular people if you're found out to be you know doing lots of crazy stuff scamming people with your products or um using steroids and saying that you're not then yeah that community will pretty much you know flip a switch on you too but other than that the fitness industry and the beauty industry are the only two industries that I see people you know hated and loved and hated and loved over and over again which is actually kind of interesting and back to my point of there's a huge connection between mental health and how we see things and industries that are based on looks so the fitness industry is based on looks and the beauty industry is based on looks there's there should be more done to kind of create links and see how it affects people. How does, you know, as a person who is a consumer, how does the beauty industry affect you and your mental health, your idea of what you should look like or how something should look? I mean, I can even give an example of like, I think it was a few weeks ago, I sat down, I tried to emulate an eye makeup look from a random YouTuber I saw she's she's a smaller creator I saw her do a really cute look and I was like hmm, maybe I can try that look now knowing full well I didn't have her eye shape I wanted to create something similar when I say hashtag fail I completely failed my expectation and my reality were completely two different things um I wish I could have shown you an expectation versus reality side by side because baby <laughs> That eyeshadow look did not work for me. Now, had I been someone who was more impressionable or someone who is young or someone who's already going through a tough time with my self-image, it may it may have made me feel bad if I tried to emulate a makeup look from someone who I thought did a really great job, who was really beautiful, and I couldn't do it, so maybe therefore I'm ugly. You know, that type of thinking can really ruin a person. The type of thinking about being... Um, in the beauty industry as a consumer, as an artist, as an influencer, and what the expectations are for how you look and what that does to your brain. Um, There really, I think there really needs to be some more done on it. And I also think that we should just be, as a community, anyone, no matter where you are involved in the community, like I said, as a consumer, an artist, enthusiast, an influencer, 
and even as a brand we need to be kinder to each other this is a tough industry to be in no matter where you are on the scale whether you're just buying things to you know make yourself feel better or to practice your artistry to get rid of your acne to you know do anti-aging on yourself no matter where you are we need to be kinder to each other not everybody is perfect no one is perfect rather and we're all just trying to do the best we can you don't need to have perfect skin you don't need to look perfect everywhere you go the amount of maintenance and work that i see that influencers and brand owners and things like that do to themselves just so that they maintain a perfect image all the time has got to weigh heavy on your mental health it's got to and even as a consumer having the expectation of looking a certain way or keeping up with the joneses that people say it's got to be a lot of pressure we have to kind of let go of that a little bit and be a little bit nicer to each other a little bit more understanding that you could be a makeup artist and have acne you can be a brand owner brand owner and you know use drugstore products you can be a makeup artist that sticks to a small kit a small line of makeup brushes and only a few foundations and you know the expectations that we have on each other are a lot of times unfair and unwarranted so i think looking back in january 2019 having the morphe launch of foundations that were you know not really well received we'll see what what they do with coming out with a new foundation like i said i think that they'll come out with something that is more hydrating more luminous and that will probably be a step up if they've learned anything from their previous launch and then thinking about the beauty industry and mental health and how we can take a step back and say you know what i'm not perfect everybody else is not perfect either this is supposed to be a community of creativity and um, strength and empowerment and we should keep it that way by being more gentle and loving um, to each other without as many expectations of what we think a brand should be a influencer should be a, a artist and a creator should be well i've ranted for long enough <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider following at Nubilis on Instagram, Twitter, um, and TikTok. I haven't posted on TikTok in a while. Nubilis on YouTube, also haven't posted very much on that. Pinterest, which I post to all the time. Nubilis News on Facebook and the Beauty Buzz and Podcast, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Bye!